Hey podcast fam, it's Ben here from my friends over at Baseballism. Founded by four former college baseball players and teammates, their love and passion for the game did not stop after leaving the playing field. An amazing organization founded on the beliefs of class, tradition, and the history of baseball. I personally shop at Baseballism because of the quality of their products and the top of the line customer service I get each and every time. Take it from me, an avid hat lover. Baseballism is not your run-of-the-mill apparel company. Check them out at any of their fine locations or visit them online at Baseballism.com. Baseballism, built for the love of the game. is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. And before we get started on this particular episode, as always, I want to remind you to go out and get yourself some Big League Chew bubblegum because Big League Chew is the official bubblegum of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Not only is it the official gum of the Diamonds and Roses podcast, but it is Hall of Fame bubblegum. And uh, today we have a special uh, guest on this particular episode. Um, we always have guests on this episode for the most part, but uh, this particular episode, it's going to be a little bit different. I got a, a good friend of the podcast um, who's out there representing the baseball world, does some stuff with apparel, but also did some stuff with a with another baseball company um, that's out there. I'm not going to really give it away because I'd rather have him talk about it if he wants to, but um, we're, we're going to be talking about something different this this particular episode and and what it is is we're going to be talking about some of the spring training experiences such as like going to the different ballparks that I was able to I, would, I didn't get to all of them but I got to a few of them and so um, without further ado though I'm going to introduce to you our our co-host from across town here who's joining me via Skype on this particular episode none other than Travis Conway how are you doing today Travis I'm great, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. So, Travis, for um, our listeners, um, I remember, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, we the first time I think I met you was when we were doing some back and forth uh, direct messaging on, like, Twitter, I believe, correct? That's right, yep. Yeah, and, I can't uh, remember what it was about, but, yeah, we, we started talking about something and snowballed, and we finally met at the, uh, the Timbers game. Yes, we, we met at the Timbers game. I remember that. It was like a, a quick kind of uh, introduction, and, oh, my friends are here, bye. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my friends here. Um, but then I think we, we crossed paths again uh, last, I think, end of summer, if I'm correct, when we uh, we met up at the Portland Pickles tryout that they were having for uh, one player to go to uh, – Mexico with them to play against one of the teams down there. I think, and then we had, you, you brought your son. I brought my son. It was raining. Dad of the year. Um, <laughs> by that point, I think I had listened to every podcast that you had done. I think maybe I was still catching up a little bit, but 
I kind of went and cherry picked all of the Mavericks. I, I think at that point I'd watched uh, the battered bastards of baseball 20 times. And so I cherry picked all your podcasts on, on the Mavericks, which I think are still some of the funniest and, and best podcasts out there. So yeah, that was the second time we met. I got to meet Rob Nelson. I got to meet, uh, Rob Nyer, the Pickles general manager. It was that was a pretty cool day. Yeah, it was a great day. And then we got your son on some live video. Uh, that oh we had. yeah, that I think that made his day. I think that made his year. He, uh, <laughs> I, it was it was a little grainy, but um, yeah, thank you because yeah, for sure, a six year old being able to, to be see himself played over and over is pretty magical. Mm-hmm. And and I just want to you know while we're on that particular topic I just want to to be out there and just say if um, if you're out at the park and you 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 see us out and about and and so on just just come up and say hi and we're we're here to support you know the baseball community we're willing to talk and you know if you have a youngster that that wants to come on and you know talk you know let them you know we're we're here to to do that and. And uh, just have fun. I mean, I think that's what baseball is about, having fun and passing it on to the next generation. Especially considering, uh, you know, and I hope to be more a part of this, but at the West Coast League games, I mean, the West Coast League is that kind of a league, right? Where you can actually just go and talk to anybody. You're a talker. I'm a talker. We want to meet people and especially their their kids. Kids are amazing. Exactly. And uh, so anyways, so without further ado, um, let, let's get right into uh, the episode. And, you know, you're going to do a little bit of like talking and asking me questions. Yeah. So that's um, what I, I was. I, I OK, so cat's out of the bag. I would rather ask you questions. I've been to spring training once. It mm. was, I, you know, it was weird. It was a sh- after the strike had ended and all the players were overly nice to everybody because mm. they were trying to bring the fans back. You just went down to spring training, so I'm curious. What was your, what was the the best experience? You we'll, we'll get into your whole baseball thing mm-hmm. later, but what was your best park? Like you walk in, you sit down, and you're like, wow, this is this is maybe because it was a specific time, uh-huh. of not night, weather, whatever. What was your best experience? So I so. Before we we really dive into that, I got to say that with everything going on in baseball pre spring training, with the netting and mm. fans and the injuries, I noticed at a lot of the ballparks there was extended netting. So then it not only was behind home plate and out to where the first base, uh, out where the dugouts were, but it extended all the way down in many of the ballparks. And so, um, you know, I heard a lot of people complaining about how, how long it went out and how it took away from the experience of spring training itself. And there was people understood some of the intent behind the netting, but what made it a not so desirable experience because it took away from the fans being able to go down and have that one-on-one with some of the players that they were there to see. And so a lot of people had caught them off guard, not, not knowing that this netting had been extended. Now all of the ballparks have that. Um, Like the angels, for example, they don't have it all the way down. I think at salt river, 
Field Stadium, the home of the Diamondbacks and Rockies for spring training, um, didn't have it all the way down. Uh, and I, I believe believe most of the others did. Um, and I believe one of the the only other place that didn't have it necessarily all the way down was Camelback Stadium, which was Camelback Ranch, which was the home of the White Sox and Dodgers, which happens to be your favorite team, the Dodgers. Yeah. But there's like I a little well. there's a little mm-hmm. area way down at the very end that you could stand, and everybody would like. Anyways, get right there. But but to your question, um, which stadium did I enjoy the most? And I'll be honest with you, I thought it was the Giants Field in Scottsdale, uh, the old Scottsdale Stadium. To me, it was a diamond in the rough. Use a saying from a movie, Aladdin, but you know it's a diamond in the rough because to me, it's like when I'm out there, I you know I didn't necessarily have any expectations of what the field would look like going into it, but it's like I didn't know what it was because you can't really see too much of it from the outside because then you know a major probably about half of it if i'm correct maybe like half of the field itself because you could around the outside is they have homes and apartments and like a, a police barracks there it's, so it's like the city hall is like right near it um so it was kind of hard to get a really good feel for what it would be like but i went there at a night game and just fell in love with it i i to me i thought it was the of the stadiums that I went to, I thought it was the bo- the best stadium, the best experience, because I, I just felt like right on the fi- like on the field, like the mm-hmm. whole t- the whole game. Wherever I went, I felt like right on it. That was the first place actually that I remember seeing where the outfield grass was a factor. Like it it was part of the the facility. That that is a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Let's ask you this. So, was there a moment when you saw a player and you were like, "Whoa, that's that's a cool moment"? Um, yes, and I always kill the name. Um, the the Japanese player, uh, Ashan- oh, Shohei Atani. Shohei Atani, a just big guy. I mean, just yeah, big. big guy. And it was just to me, it was just like. He's the first Japanese player that I've actually seen in person. Very big guy in a monster, <laughs> but he took time to um, even though he you know his, the, the the language barrier, he took a lot of time to go and speak, well, go and sign autographs for, you know, the the play, the fans that were there. And what prior to that Trout um, Pluhos, Renton, if I'm yeah, and Rendon, Rendon, and the other players, they just walked out of the stadium without even like yeah. talking to anybody, and it was just made a beeline without even doing anything. So that kind of like turned me off. But the fact that like he stopped and interviewed guys was really, or not interviewed, but made awesome autographs. That was a really cool experience with a really big time player. Um, now for me, my my most personal like moment was getting to meet OSU's Nick Madrigal down right. with the White Sox and Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox University of California Berkeley player. Madrigal was selected in 2018 with the fourth pick, 
and Andrew Vaughn was selected in 2019 with the third pick by the White Sox. And so it's like I got to see the two top picks by the White Sox in consecutive years at once. And me being a West Coast League fan, I wore my um, Corvallis Knights hat and Madrigal saw it and he came over. And so we were talking about Corvallis for a quick second, talking about the Knights. And so he signed a baseball for me. And then Andrew Vaughn after the game. He walked by, and then I talked to him because uh, I had just got done talking with Jim Swanson, who was the owner of the Victoria Harbor Cats. And so he All told right. me, he's like, tell Nick, tell tell Andrew I said hi. And so I said, Andrew, you know, I just got off the phone with Jim Swanson. He's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, he just I was like, he wants me to know he, he says hi. He's like, oh, he's like, that's so cool. A big smile on his face. And I ended up getting a, like a picture with him. So that was pretty cool. In, in terms of, um, well, also, I think, didn't you go to a couple college games? Yeah, so I, um, while I was there, I, Linfield was actually playing down in Tucson. And so drove down with a colleague of mine uh, to Tucson, Arizona. Nice. And we watched Linfield College um, play. And so, you know, we got to see some of, got to see some of the players, talk to the head coach and, Talked to some of the assistant coaches, so that was really cool. I lowered my Linfield hat because I had brought it because I knew that they'd be playing. Um, I talked to Coach Valentine um, prior to going down to Phoenix, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna be there." And I'm like, "Okay, I got to bring my Linfield hat." So I went there, and then uh, I went to uh, Grand Canyon uh, University game, and um, and so saw some uh, some of the players there. I mean, that was a that was a pretty interesting and and great uh, field. Uh, Johnny Weaver um, played for the Richfield Lapters last year. Uh, he, mm. he he was he plays third base for Grand Canyon University, and so I got to see Johnny Weaver uh, play. I think this is his sophomore year um, uh, for Grand Canyon. So that was it was a good experience. I actually went there twice to go see Grand Canyon play. So how far away is that from Phoenix? It's just right right in right in downtown. It's just kind of like right on the I would say almost on the edge, but okay. it, it's like it's right there. It's it's um yeah, it's a nice university. I know they have Dan Marley. I mean that that place is growing like so fast. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. But getting back to spring training, so let's talk about the baseballs because mm-hmm. I know I know you're dying to tell people about your baseball experience. Number one, <laughs> <laughs> every time I called you, you reminded me. But also, it's really really cool what you did because you had a mission. Mm-hmm. And you completed the mission. I did. And now you're home. Mm-hmm. And I know every night you go and see your balls. <laughs> <laughs> My case. My case of balls. So, My case of so baseballs. Yes. Explain, explain to people the, the how that how it all progressed. You went and bought some baseballs. Yes. Tell them tell them that, and then tell them the the rest of that story. So I um I went and bought uh twelve baseballs from Dick Sporting Goods and I'm like I'm gonna get these signed by players and so I went back to like because this was on my way to well actually it was like the night before I was going to the my first ever uh, spring training game which was between the uh, Diamondbacks and the athletics and at salt river. And so 
I went and bought 12 baseballs. I'm like, I'm going to get, you know, these all signed. And so I uh, got a couple signed uh, when I went to the Diamondbacks game. I'm like, oh, this is this is really cool because I was down and the players were signing as they were walking out. And then um, so I went to a couple more games and I got more signed. I'm like, wow, it's like I got. And then I had bought like these tickets to all these games. I'm like, I got to go get more baseballs. So I went out and got six more baseballs, and then, um, and then there was a rainout for like one of the games, and so it canceled the game because it's supposed to go to Cleveland uh, versus Cincinnati. So that game got rained out, and then so I was like, oh shoot, because that was the night before, and I thought I was going to go to that game. It was the very first game I was supposed to go to. That got rained out, but then it's like the other games, and then I think it rained another night, so some more games got rained out, and then. I'm like, oh shoot! I like, I have all these extra baseballs. Like, what am I gonna do? So I was like, and I would take like several of them to the park with me and hoping to like get like a trout or like a blue holster or something like that to sign. And uh, that didn't happen. And then so it came down to the um, the last game, which was between the Mariners and I can't remember. I can't remember who the Mariners were. Uh, Mar- athletics. The Mariners were playing the Athletics. Yeah. So I had four baseballs left, and so I was there, and I was <laughs> I was getting like autographs, and I was taking pictures of them as I like after I got them, and I believe I got the number three prospect for the Mariners to sign, yeah. and uh, as I'm like taking pictures and I'm like sending them to you um, over the phone, and like oh my god, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Uh, you so, were throwing curveballs at me because you were asking, should I go watch this team? Should I go watch that team? I mean, it's yeah. so hard to so hard to decide but mm-hmm. you you did the right thing with the mariners because you got st- i mean how many mariners signed six four four but they're all gonna be good players yeah shed, shed long was one right yeah shed long he was really cool um i bet yeah he was he was a nice guy he spent some he spent uh a lot of time signing autographs uh, i can't remember the other guy's name the um the one that went to the all-star game last year he's uh, like a home run machine Oh, uh, oh gosh, uh, I I think of him as Barney Rubble. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's late at night, so we're, we're oh, recording this. So be so be a little patient with us. We'll probably like get it afterwards. Yeah, we'll but, we'll we'll think of it in a minute. But, no, but that guy's a home run machine. Yeah, he's he's stud. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, and then yeah, so it was it was really cool. I you know I got to get some really cool autographs. Um. And it was a great opportunity to you know, talk, at least talk a little bit one-on-one with the players. But one of the things that I found was very important is to thank, um, thank the players for taking the time to sign your autograph. And then I uh, most of, most if not all the time, I'm like, I wish them luck uh, for you know the season to try to be you know healthy. But now you know we see where where that's at. That's the the right thing to do. I mean, these guys are just people, and you know, yeah. most of them are really, really cool. I have a um, the only person I ever met, to be honest, that was really kind of awful was was Barry Bonds, <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people have that same story. Um, but yeah, um, these. Uh, so you know, you were saying how Sho, uh, Shohei Otani is so big. I met Hideo Nomo, and he it made me dizzy i couldn't believe how huge he was because you just don't think of japanese players as being 
big. Um, what's a couple other players that you saw that you were either surprised by how big or how little they were? Because that's always a topic mm-hmm. of conversation whenever you're whenever you're at spring training or whenever you meet a player. You're, I mean, that's one of the first things you think, mainly because let's say a guy's really small. How do you yeah. get to the big leagues? This guy's so big, you know, how can he move so fast? That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh, let me see. Oh, man. I see. <laughs> Kershaw was, he was uh, bigger than I thought. Okay. Um, I Mookie Betts was, um, I, I thought, like, you know, he was a little bit bigger than what he what he is. Mm. But he's he's I mean he's not necessarily a small guy but I just thought he was a bit a t- little bit taller. Yeah, he's pretty um, small. You know than than what he was. Um, Andrew Vaughn is actually a bigger guy, like muscular, bigger than than I thought he would be. Um, I tell you what, uh, Nick Madrigal, my God, that guy, he's fast. Like he surprised me. It just like. You could tell the intensity that he had, like before the game, and then after the game, you could see like all smiles, a little bit like relieved to, uh, you know, be done with the game. But you know, just speedy on the bases. Um, Tim Anderson uh, from the White Sox is also another player. I didn't expect him to be. Um, he's a little smaller than I thought he would be. But just a really funny, funny guy. Just he went down and autographed everybody for everybody. Um, and then uh, I got I got seen Carnacion. Um, That's right. right. Yeah. So uh, he was in Escobar from the White. So I got to see a lot of the White Sox guys because I went to a couple of different ones. But uh, you know I saw the Dodgers. Um, God, I'm trying to think uh, who else. Um, who else did I get to see? Uh, that, yeah, I got, there's just so many, um, so many good players. I got to meet, so I got to meet Ross Stripling from the Dodgers. Oh, that's he's, right. From the po- the podcast thing. Yeah. So he, he's, he's tall. Uh, you know, Ross, Ross is pretty tall, big guy, but God, he's so, such a nice, nice guy. And, um, I got to meet him at the baseballism cause they were doing a live recording there. And, you know, we, we just basically talked about podcasting um, there, but, you know, because he clearly was talking about baseball the whole night, so I just wanted to focus in, me specifically, like, hey, man, what got you into podcasting and so on? So he was really cool, and I got to meet uh, Kyle Farmer, a former teammate of his, but he plays, he's a catcher, for the, yeah, he's a catcher for the Reds now. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I can go off on a tangent real quick. Um, yeah. I actually got to hang out with two Portland guys uh, while I was there. Um, one, Cooper Hummel, University right. of Portland. Um, he plays for the Brewers, and he looks like he was, I think, either AAA this year maybe. Um, you know, and I we, we recorded with him, but, my God, he, I mean, he's he's about my height, which not very, you know, not very tall, but just a big guy, just a great work ethic. Really, really, really nice, um, and it was really cool to meet him and just spend some time with him. Um, he happens to be my first um, ever uh, professional player from the Pacific Northwest that I've actually got to sign a baseball. So I have him individually signed a baseball in the sweet spot that's in 
my personal collection of baseball. So it was really cool. Nice. And then um, got to also meet Tate Budnick uh, while I was down there, too. I've interviewed him. We have a previous episode with him also. But he ended up coming out to a baseball game with me when I went and watched the Brewers. Oh, by the way, oh, okay, so now we're talking about the Brewers. Yelich, dude, small, tall, dude can kill the ball. Best hitter. He's the best hitter in baseball right now. I mean, I don't, think, just... there's a, I don't think there's any doubt destroyed it like if you've ever have you ever been to their field in spring in uh is it peoria no i don't think so oh my god he oh my god well it's it's at phoenix is what they call but he put it from home plate into field two which is Mm. behind uh the right field wall probably a couple hundred probably about 150 feet behind the right field wall he put it into there during bp He's got crazy torque. He is one of the best hitters. Uh, well, he's, I think he's the best hitter in baseball. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, Bellinger's this and mm-hmm. that. And Belly's great. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm, I'm you know, going to be biased, and I'm going to yeah. say that, you know, Trout and, and Betts are incredible. But the best hitter, pure hitter in the game is Yellick. And what I loved about the Hummel podcast that you did was that story about you know Christian Yelich saying, guys, if you, you know they're hanging on his every word, and all he says is, hit swing at the first pitch. Yeah, because you know <laughs> they they have to get ahead. It's going to be the only pitch you're going to see that's that's you know a decent pitch. So mm-hmm. that was totally worth listening to that whole episode. It was just such a great moment where it's like, yeah, I mean sometimes you just have to. Do the simple things. Um, that guy does all the simple things, and he's incredible. Yeah. You know who? Uh, Daniel Vogelback. Vogelback, yes. What what a beast! I mean, that guy had to be fascinating just to stand next to because he's his upper body is massive. He is he is massive and quirky and funny. Like it was great just listening to him interact with uh, all of the fans there. It was fantastic. He had an amazing thing, uh, you know, when the Mariners do like a piece on a player where it was just him and his family and he's like super tight with his sister and his family. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, cause he just looks like he looks tough. Yeah. And he's a big teddy bear. And I thought, oh man, that's, that's pretty cool. I would love to meet that guy. So let's transition real quick to in terms of, because like, mm-hmm. I got to go down last October, and I got to go to Salt River, I think it was called, with the, mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, and I got to play at a lot of those facilities, which was really cool. got to play at the Angels, uh, Tempe Diablo, I believe, yep. I believe it's called. I never got to go to Camelback. I never got mm-hmm. to go to where Cincy and Cleveland play. So, like, give us this, like, the places you went. Kind of give us, or get, you know, uh, just like a little... Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, critique of each each location, and and if somebody's going down there, something that everybody, you know, one thing that that everybody should go to that particular facility, um, a reason to go and and check it out. Okay, so worst facility I think was the Angels facility. It sure. looked old. Um, you know, it, it's it big. Sits, it's big. It's it, big. It, it sits. It sits in like a. It sits in a nice location because there's this like, there's this little hill. There's this like little hill mountain to 
behind it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then there's the highway, but it it's got a kind of it's got a really neat location. But my God, it, I, I didn't really like the facility by any means. I thought it, I thought out of all of them that I went to, um, it was probably the worst for me. Um, I went to I also got to go uh, see the Cubs play, and okay. it was packed. Like packed. I think they had. And that's 15, Peoria, right? Pure. Yeah, they had fifteen thousand fans there, like mm. at that game. It was a warm day. It was packed. We were sitting on the berm in the back, and my butt kept falling asleep sitting on the <laughs> sitting on the berm, and uh, it was it was hot. I mean, but it like it's not that old of a stadium, but it feels older than what it is. Mm. Um. Okay. The, so I would suggest getting there. If you go to that stadium, you got to, especially on a weekend, you got to get there. If you're looking to do some stuff, like maybe go get autographs or something, you got to get there super early because mm. there are so, so many Cubs fans right. in that area. It's unreal how many Cubs fans there are. Um, Salt River Flats was gorgeous. It, You know, you walk in, it kind of sits down in into this little area. Uh, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous field. I, I, it, beyond Scottsdale Stadium, which again, like I said, it was probably my favorite. It was my second favorite stadium to go to. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Camelback Ranch uh, was was very not was nice. Um, it's set in you know in a, a decent location, um, but it it comes in third for me as far as like stadium feel um then the uh then i went to the mariners which wasn't bad at all it was it was nice they've apparently i talked to one like a police officer in the area and he had talked about how they'd done some upgrades so it's um anyway so that's the where the mariners play is the home for san diego also that's what i was gonna ask you so so salt river is also the rockies correct yeah Salt Rivers, and the Rockies, the Camelback is Camelbacks, White the White Sox, Dodgers. Yeah. So I think there's like five teams that in um, the Cactus League anyway that have their own stadium. That's uh, that goes to the Giants, the Athletics, the Cubs, um, the Angels, and there's one more, the Brewers. The Brewers oh, is oh interesting. The Brewers is a is a close is in third place for me, tied with Camelback. It may slightly edge out Camelback just because again that one also sits down in. And I talked when Tate when Budnick was and I were talking about the stadium and so on. He's like, man, this this is a lot better than it used to be. He's like, the the Brewers have dumped a lot of money into the stadium and the facilities here, and it it looked really really nice. I actually. Um, I liked it. It was a great experience, um, and you know, just got to got to watch baseball. It was a lot of fun. They played the Reds that day, and then um, and then the stadium where the Indians and Reds play, it wasn't bad. Um, it definitely is above the uh, Angels <laughs> in my perspective. I'm not sure if it edges out the Cubs, but uh, it it was there. So I mean, those are the ones that I actually physically. Um, got to go inside. I, I didn't get to go to uh, where the Rangers and um, in uh, Kansas City play. 
nor did I get over to where um, Holcomb Field, which was where the uh, athletics play. I didn't get there. Mm. I did go there once. So we we actually it's kind of off the beaten path, but pretty yeah. cool place. That that was a place I, I if I knew if I'd known that you could go there, I would have told you to go because it's pretty cool. <clears throat> and I got to see Mark McGuire. This was like 1996. Yeah. Oh well, my the, god. The Reds and Indians locations like way out there in Goodyear. And mm-hmm. then you got the Rangers in Kansas City, which is way out there on sun, sunny, sunny something. Um, and then I think the next farthest is – actually, I think the next farthest would out would be the Salt River, and then it just inward a little bit would be the um, – would be Holcomb Field. But. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just have to imagine you want to go back. Do you plan to – do it again? You want to go see Florida? What's the uh, what's the game plan? What's the next your next spring training dream? <laughs> uh, so yes, go going to the Grapefruit League um, is on the, the next part of my bucket list of of things to do because uh, I'd really like to do that. But I I, I do people have told me because I was talking to a couple different individuals about going to the Grapefruit League and they're like, well, unlike the Cactus League. The Grapefruit League is way is like spread out a lot. You know, there's a lot more uh, distance between locations, unlike here and um, for the Cactus League, which you know the facilities now are a lot closer together than what they were. Because I, I think I think before there were some teams down in Tucson, and I think that's where the Diamondbacks used to be, and they were kind of a little bit more spread out. But they're they they from what they were telling me is is that they found it more economically um, help. And there's a bigger economic incentive to having them closer to Phoenix because they're not having to bust them as far to away from the airport uh, out of you know Phoenix International. That makes sense. Or Sky Harbor. Anyways, do you think one of the reasons you like Scottsdale so much is it? It has kind of that. Um, the architecture is pretty cool, isn't it? It's kind of like that. That uh, yeah, yeah it felt that like orangish cool. thing. You know, if if you if you're like a fan of the the game, like the old school aspect of of the game, uh, it kind of brought me back to like watching a Costner baseball movie, mm. where I'm in Bull Durham or I'm you know in, in the Field of Dreams or something like that. It brought me back to like an older like feeling like knowing like this is a historic structure and the talent that's like come through this building and and played here and they had all these different plaques on the walls of some of the players that either played in fall ball or something some sort of affiliation that have been inducted into the scottsdale sports hall of fame there which is pretty cool that is really cool all right well do you think we should um tease uh, our our little uh, project we've been talking about well we've been working on a pro- we're work we're, we're so, so you cornered me uh some time <laughs> ago um about a project and uh so we we talked a little bit more tonight before this particular um episode and uh it's it's kind of it's going to be a very memorable experience if you know we can we can really get out of it like 
meaning like we're asking the right questions um, and we're, we'd allowed the, the interviewee to just kind of go with it and run with it. Um, you you want to explain a little bit about kind of what we're, yeah. what we're working on, what we're working well, what, on trying to, to combobulate you, and bring together? What you said is exactly right. I think so. So I just had a conversation tonight with a gentleman who was, he basically was the founder of something called Legends of the Road. So for all you baseball nuts like myself and Ben, I would look up uh, Legends of the Road trailer on YouTube. Um, it's a documentary that has been shown but has not officially come out yet, and there is going to be a book about this as well. Twenty years ago, a group of crazy people, uh, high school kids, decided that um, after many projects and talking about the uh, Negro Leagues <clears throat> and doing some research on on some of the crazy things that the Negro Leagues used to do, they were going to go on what's called a barnstorming tour. I won't ruin their surprise of what a barnstorming tour is. We're, we'll talk about that at length in the uh, the podcast. But let's just say that they got on their bikes and for 71 days they traveled from Seattle, Washington, started at Safeco, uh, went up through Canada, and ended up in uh, Kansas City, Missouri at the Negro League Museum, museum uh, welcomed by Buck O'Neill and, and Bob, uh, what's Bob's last name? I always forget, Kendricks or Hendricks? And anyway, yeah. so so yeah, so they, they were welcomed by them at the end of their journey. They went on a barnstorming journey, which means every day they rode their bike and every day they played baseball, 71 days. Um, pretty much every day they played baseball. I, I hope they took some time off. But these were like high school kids or, or kids who were just graduating from high school, plus some coaches. Um, and they've documented the journey, and, and we're going to have uh, a conversation with them of, of the origin of that. Um, what it entailed, how they recorded it. Uh, we know we know a lot already, but we don't know the the guts and, and the whole process of what they did. And we feel like after we talk tonight, that it would be pretty cool if we could bring out some of those stories and and just some of the uh, emotional aspects of, of what that journey entails. So I think it's going to be an incredible project, but I think you said it best. If we just kind of ask the right question and let them tell their story, I think a lot of people are going to be pretty jazzed to uh, learn more about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be one for the storybooks to, uh, to really be. So I, I hope, I hope that that will come to fruition and that we'll be able to bring you, what I, what Travis and I are thinking would be probably a multi-series episode, you know, multi-series just podcast, um, ep- so multi-episode, multiple episodes yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, and experience something that will help hopefully get more people interested in seeing what this what this movie is all about. I actually asked him because it's a 20th anniversary. Did you guys ever think about doing this again? And he said, well, it's funny because not really, um, but they're going to do something this fall mm-hmm. if we can get if we can get out of our houses. 
they're going to try to do something similar this fall, but on the East Coast. And I have no idea what's that, what that's about. I, we, we talked for so long and, and I just sat there and listened and with my jaw on the floor of the crazy stories he was telling me, which again, I, I wish I could have recorded because it would have been a, a podcast in itself. Um, so I'm so eager to, to get that, the guy on the, mm-hmm. on a pod talking to you and, and you can ask your questions. But again, I think you had it, you know, right when you just said, well, just, if you just let them tell their story, I think you're going to find it to be absolutely unbelievable and fascinating. Yeah. It's, um, it, again, I'm, I'm just going to say, reiterate, it's going to be one for, for the ages. I think it, uh, you know, looking at, you know, some of this, I encourage you to go take a look at it. Uh, it's legendsoftheroadproject.com. And, you know, there's some information that, that can be had there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's really cool, you know, when, you know, talking about the Negro League baseball and some of those players. And, um, God, it's just that's one time if I could go back in time, that's, that's definitely one of, one of those things that if you could create a bucket list of times that you could go back and just do something or watch something, that would be one of those. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. And they do talk at length about the challenges, um, and doing this as part of just trying to trace, how it felt to do these things. Mm-hmm. And these guys were doing this because it was actually decent money. You know, they were making really good money and they were welcome. Uh, I don't want to ruin any of it, but the West coast was so much more welcoming than the deep South at this time. And they came out here and they had it these they, they had, they had it good, you know, for yeah. them, for, for what they were experiencing. They felt like they had it, they had it good. Yeah. But they but they also still couldn't eat in certain places and they had to take crazy journeys and 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 ride on tops of cars and I just can't wait to dig into it. I think every single person will say to themselves, you know, wow, these this group that was able to do these things is just such an amazing group of people and it's yeah. it has to be recorded. It'll most likely be a big movie someday. But before it's that, uh, hopefully we get we get to tell some of the stories. And, and and the most important thing I think that we can do is keep the stories alive and just and just continue to talk about it because it needs to be told. Yeah. Well, we're not gonna give too much more away. Uh, we want to hopefully we can get this to come to fruition and uh, we can really garner because not only is it the 20th anniversary of their journey. But it's also the hundredth anniversary of the Negro League baseball this year, which correct, is two thousand twenty. So right. we're you're looking at two time frames eighty years apart, but that uh, having their their anniversaries this year of uh, some awesome times. So you know I gotta say th- I appreciate you uh, you coming on uh, and interviewing me. And asking me the questions as opposed to me asking all of the questions. I'm sure we need to do one more to, to get more about your experience doing this podcast. But, yeah, I, I'm happy to do it. And I love being uh, a part of the podcast. So, um, And everybody out there, thank you. Uh, go shop baseballism. Go shop anybody that's um, yes, out shop there local. struggling. 
shop local, uh, wherever local you are, shop local. Um, yeah. Let's support let's support our people out there that that support us and in in, uh, in our love for baseball. It's a, it's a really hard time. Everybody be healthy and stay safe. Um, and stay and, home uh, too. Stay home as much as possible. Don't get out there. You know, yeah. if you're essential, yeah, we get it. You get out there. You you know do do what you need to. But wash your hands. Keep clean. Keep kids home. You stay home. Uh, be safe because. Hey, and if you you're bored, we got plenty of episodes. We got like ninety something episodes for you to listen to. So that'll get you through a couple days because that's a lot of material right there to listen to. We got Portland Maverick guys. We got authors. We got ball players. We've got coaches. Um, it's just we've got some plethora of stuff. We got some all cool West Coast League stuff. Um, so we got some really cool things. And uh, but. Uh, anyway, so thank you, uh, thank you again. My my spring training experience was nothing like anything else that I've ever experienced, and it was one uh, that I hold dear to my heart and that I uh, really, 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 really appreciated. So, and I thank all the ball players. Can't you know name them all off the top of my head, but thank all the ball players who um, signed some unautographed some baseballs. They're my personal collection of mine now, so uh, they'll be. They'll be in my family for a little bit anyways. So, but anyways, thank you, Travis. Um, And that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds of Roses podcast. Um, I hope you have yourself a great night and a great day wherever you are at. Peace out. What's going on, podcast family? Ben here for Devo Bag Company. Rooted in eastern Washington, Devo uses nothing but the highest quality maple, ash, birch on the market. You know what? It makes a difference. At Devo Bats, they take pride in the craftsmanship that goes into each and every wooden bat produced. Your success at the plate is their ultimate priority. They want you to know when you think of bats, think of Devo Bats. Devo Bats, your Northwest supplier of affordable quality wooden bats.